traversing the universe all the way across the interwebs. Two more men arrive to conquer the universe with their powers of diplomacy and technology. It's Shin Ultraman, the panel. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. I mean, I'm not. I know I'm not supposed to introduce one of these people, Eric, but to garnering peace. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe not the most peaceful of guests, but we'll, we'll, ah, we'll try. We'll try. We're gonna say they're diplomatic. But welcome back to the Monsters versus Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airways. We're two friends. And this time, four friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, we are continuing our discussion as we stay alive about Shin Ultraman. Uh, with me, as always, is my tall and skinny uh, otherworldly co-host, Alex. Mm, joined by Mephilus running away in the middle of a fight, Eric. <laughs> oh, man. Ouch. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Starting All right, early. Starting early. I'm Look, just saying I'll you're unreliable. That's all. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Alex, will you introduce our first guest before after criticizing me so much? Before, after, or during? Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yeah, and joining us is um esteemed guest, returning um returning guest for like I don't know how many times now, Michael. From the Power Trip podcast, where he's found great success and he has been able to retire early. Yes, Thank you, Michael, the, the, for joining the, us. This, this is true. This is true. But also, I am the co-founder uh, and producer of Kaiju Rama Magazine. So oh yeah, that's that. the most important thing. That's the most important part. Actually, the the Power Trip is the most. Im- no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. Are we getting uh, more Kaiju Ramen? Michael, yes. that's what our people want to know. We we are we are getting more kaiju ramen. In fact, uh, we will be doing we will be we will be tabling at All Monsters Attack, and if everything goes well, we might be paneling at G Fest as well. So, oh. so what, what, what's that. tabling? Is this something that young listeners can hear? Uh, <laughs> well, it, it, it <laughs> well first well <laughs> first you have a baseball bat and then a goat and then. You, <laughs> The, the energy for this podcast is so out of whack. Um, you draw a sorry. star on the table, uh, <laughs> light a few candles, and then you take out your uh, your Japanese slicing knife. Uh-huh. Slicing and, uh, knife. Yes, uh, but no, we're gonna be we're gonna be at All Monsters Attack in Chicago uh, this year. We're gonna be we have a table there. We're gonna be selling products. Uh, selling copies of the magazine, interacting with people there, interacting with our friends, our fans, our readers, etc. So it's just going to be a good time. Um, looking forward to being there with everybody. All right, awesome, cool. Eric. We got someone else with us. Yeah. Do so, we have? Do we have to? Back? Yeah. Do we have to. I, we do. We do. Okay. All right. Joining us back on the pod in what feels like forever um, is none other than writer, Godzilla historian, and. Twitter provocateur, <laughs> G-Man, that's, or that's, Jack. That's a, really, that's a really diplomatic way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. provocateur. Yeah. Jack, how does, it, how does it feel to be back in the bargain basement? And more importantly, this is just to start us off, if you were an Ultraman universe monster, mm-hmm. who would you be and why? Oh, gosh. Well, first, first of all, uh, as far as being back, I mean, what took you so long to ask me back is my question. I don't. <laughs> Touche. I'm not, Touche. The main event is here. I don't know why you introduced it, Mike, uh, Michael first, but uh, I think. Ooh. <laughs> I could tell objectively, you. Who he is. Objectively, it would have to be Red King. <laughs> I was going to say you're Zaban. You're just running around in a trench coat and making everybody <laughs> mad at each other. <laughs> Man, did he look good in that trench coat, though? He did. He did. I, was, <laughs> I kept, I kept thinking to myself, that's a really, that's a really good look, honestly. With the hat, <laughs> have you adopted it now? Uh, well, I, 
I'm thinking about it. I'm a little short on cash at the moment, but yeah, I'm, I might. I, I might. I have to look like Zahn as well, though. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, Jack, that you were Sabizu because you hang out on Twitter a lot. And as we all know, Twitter is the graveyard for common sense. This is oh. true. This is also true. Yeah. Uh, you, you got me. <laughs> you got me. You know the funny thing about Twitter, though, is yeah, I, I'm I post plenty, I'm sure, and and I notice that people comment on on the posts I make. I don't look at a single thing that's po- that that's responded to on any of my. I don't know who I've pissed off. Is at that this why point. you used to never respond to me when I would message you? You'd be you like post something like yeah it's that thing and then Gmail no, just, that was just ignores, he ignores like me and I'm ex. like he either hates me or oh um, that's just because oh, I don't oh. like you yes I, I don't <laughs> this, makes, this is becoming much more clear for me that's okay, that's okay. okay. <laughs> my first interaction with Jack was I made a comment that 2002 Godzilla was Gonzo Goji and he just replies with oh I see you have an original thought there well done. And I'm like, well, I don't, don't even remember that. I don't remember that. <laughs> don't like remember. that that's part of that's part of my villain story, Jack. I'm oh, coming for you. Uh, this is uh, this you sounds know, exactly right. the The world is far less interesting with uh, with no villains. So I'm glad I could at least add to the fun uh, through you, Michael. That, that, that's <laughs> thank you, and thank now, you, my friend. I appreciate that. And now you have to put up with Nathan. So I mean, it's all coming. <laughs> oh boy i'm curious jack if you'll be i because i don't honestly know what either of you think about shin ultraman i'm curious if you'll be the villain to our enthusiasm Mm. or not so without further ado let's get started uh so reintroductions behind us I'm glad to get this panel started. Last week, Alex and I, we sung the praises of Shin Ultraman, but not without a few hesitations, which I'm sure we'll get into. Right. But first, I'll ask both of you the same question we started out with last week. Does Shin Ultraman capture the essence of Ultraman? Does it forge its own path or does it find a balance between the two? Michael, I'd like to start with you, if you would. I want to say that first uh, first 45 minutes, yes. That first that first forty five minutes of the movie, it feels exactly like the nineteen sixty six show, but then it quickly then it quickly turns into a uh, a, 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 a new uh, what is it? Um, ah, shoot! What's what? Um, a, a new Michael breathe. Uh, yeah, I, use yeah, your I, I'm words. Just, sir. I'm just so nervous because my friend Jack is here and I want to impress Jack so bad, um, but. <laughs> but it turns it turns almost into like a, a who did it cop procedural like around the middle part of the film with uh Zareb. Um I think that it does capture I think it captures the original spirit of of the Ultraman show and it, it strikes a balance between trying to capture a little bit of that nostalgia which we all know that Jack is fond of and um <laughs> yeah and- I've, I've heard some interesting <laughs> things about this nostalgia Jack that you have for Michael Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> we, I think it does. I think Shane Ultraman does a really good job of kept of capturing the spirit of that original 1966 show, but with some twists and turns along the way. Mm. Jack, so, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned, does you it capture the essence of Ultraman or does it, does it forge its own path or find a balance between the two? I, I certainly, mm-hmm. I kind of agree with Michael and since that does do both. But whether or not it balanced those two, eh, we, it's it's it, it feels like Ultraman. You know, it, I, I think I think mm-hmm. what Ultraman is, what Ultraman can be, is a very wide definition at this point. Because we have so many yeah. series. Wider uh, yeah, than Godzilla. I, I do think wider than than Godzilla. Oh. Uh, mm. Wider okay. than Shin Godzilla's hips, especially, you know, we, it's, it's very, <laughs> because, you know, someone before Shin Ultraman, you still had say Ultraman the next. All right. And if someone mm-hmm. watched mm-hmm. that and then watched say Ultraman, uh, Leo, 
I mean, they would be like, wait, what? You know, there's no the different types of Ultraman stories you can tell at this point are very wide and very varied. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Shin Ultraman fits in that, that same atmosphere, that same universe uh, that the franchise has kind of expounded, expounded upon uh, for years and years and years. And in this case, we see a lot of, we see a lot of onoisms, you know, a lot of attention to socio-political climate mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. A, a lot of satirizing, a lot, a of, butt lot of butt grabbing. Although I, you you could make the, I, I'm sure there's been plenty of butt grabbing in other Ultraman show, Ultraman shows. There's definitely plenty of butt grabbing oh, yeah. on this show. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> what viewers don't know, and what viewers rockets. don't know is I am in fact. Uh, Watch it. <laughs> grabbing Michael's butt right now. <laughs> oh, oh, the rest. The Jack, rest will such, save. You have such I soft know, hands, Jack. <laughs> the rest will save for M- MVM plus, but. Uh, <laughs> so the, su- the, the 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 subtitle for this is the Shin Ultraman panel, the grab ass episode. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's what I'll put. I like right how there. Alex of all people was oh, like, wow. "Watch it, watch it." And I was <laughs> <laughs> when when he knows uh-uh, he has no. no room to talk. <laughs> I just I saw the paths and I saw where they all led to. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, Jack, I do kind of want to piggyback off something you were saying. You know, when when you are thinking about the direction of the movie in particular. Where do you see Anno's influence here? And where do you see Higuchi's? Like, is it is it too hard to separate the two at this point? Or do you think, like, where do you think they receive their inspiration? Yeah, from? so I went into this movie thinking, okay, this is a Shinji Higuchi film. This is directed by Shinji Higuchi. And a lot of people who have sort of championed him and his talent and how this is his production uh, – you know, probably went into it thinking, you know, I'm really excited. You know, he gets a chance to shine here. Mm-hmm. And when I walked out of the movie, I thought to myself, because I really wanted to be there and be like, no, this is uh, this is Higuchi's film. Ano just wrote the thing. Uh, that's that. We're going to see a lot of a lot of his influences and his style in this movie. And I walked out of the movie and I was just like, ah, maybe this is Ano's movie. Uh, it, it, it's <laughs> his fingerprints are all over this thing. And I think a lot of his his screenplay is incredibly witty, probably the most witty I've uh, seen uh, in in the genre. I mean, the the movie's funny from start to finish. It really like intentionally funny. I I, I thought the dialogue was, Mm -hmm. was quick and uh, humorous. And, and then you, you also have, the quick edits. And I, I only found out after the fact that Anno was actually one of the editors for this movie. And I was like, Oh, well, there you go. Because uh, Higuchi typically doesn't have a shot list that makes uh, directors of photography want to kill themselves like Anno does, you know, I mean, (laughs) the, the the shot list only, only Kubrick could love the shot lists for this movie. Okay. He, 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 they got so much coverage. I was like, well, you know, maybe we need an angle next to the wheel of the chair. She's sitting in pointing upward. You think that's a good idea? Let's get that coverage. Uh, so I, I, I really feel, I really feel this is this is kind of more Anno's movie than Higuchi's because if you go back and look at Higuchi's movies and if you want to like look at say the Attack on Titan films, they are not similar at all. And with Anno being uh, the supervisor of this movie and the screenwriter and the editor, I felt that there there I have no confirmation of this. I would like to find out more, but there's got to be a day where he just ghost directed. So that's that's kind of my thought mm-hmm. on the matter. What about you, Michael? Jack is such an articulate person. Like he just, arti- <laughs> he just articulated. Now this this is this feel like I, I almost I almost agree. I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I do agree with Jack. I think that you walk into that you walk into this movie thinking it's going to be a Gucci movie, a, a very Gucci Higuchi movie, and. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Um, but you walk out of it 
acknowledging that it's a very Ono movie in the style yeah. that it's written. Mm. And like it's a it's a Higuchi movie because there's such a there's such odd angles used. Like we joke about the chair, but the chair, like those angles, like where the, where the camera is, where the camera is looking th- from underneath the arm of a uh-huh. desk chair mm-hmm. to the other chair <laughs> on the other side of the table. Like that is a really weird angle. Um, and there's a lot of focus yeah, well, put on, on, on the chair. So I don't know. It's, it's, I don't have, I don't have much to add there because obviously Jack is, is way smarter than me. Uh, did you, in terms of film production, but go ahead, Eric. Yeah. Did you all have, uh, before you watch the film, um, I'm assuming you all watched in theaters. Did you have like a little segment beforehand? That was a interview yes. with Higuchi. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Even there, you know, he's just talking about Anna's influence. Uh-huh. In this film, I, I think it's interesting whether or not he was ghost directed or, or anything else. Anno was so influenced by the style of the original Ultraman show, right? Like some of those just Soji episodes, his style feels directly influenced by those just Soji episodes. And then this movie feels so influenced by those Anno movies and shows. Yeah. That it's like it's hard to differentiate between what's what, right? Because they're all interconnected. Yeah, right. So I think I think Higuchi is is trying to honor Ano, and through honoring Ano is honoring Jisoji. But it's all interconnected, so it's hard to differentiate between the three at this point. I can agree with that. Mm. I can. Agree. I think Jisoji's angles are shots are more creative. Because I feel like, you know, sometimes I just feel mm-hmm. like they're putting a camera camera underneath a chair, looking through another chair's arm, whatever, whatever Michael said. And, and whereas, yeah. <laughs> whereas Jisoji, I feel normally he, he fills the space with something, with a reflection or something like that, that, and, and then holds mm-hmm. on it, mm-hmm. right? Because, because it's really a, yeah. an ingenious yeah. shot where Anno just likes to cut, 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 cut. Which, to be fair, that works with the yeah. kind of the comedic timing of the film. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't want to necessarily lambast that, but uh, it Jisoji will definitely hold on to his shots a lot longer. <clears throat> yes, I would agree. I, I yeah, I also think in with that quick editing style, it, it definitely ties itself back to the editing style of Shin Godzilla, right? Mm. Uh, Shin Godzilla had that Mm -hmm. lightning quick editing. It was, it was hard to keep up with Shin Godzilla. I thought was really hard to keep up with. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's purposeful. Kind of like this a little bit. Very, very, but I think it's purposeful in two different ways here, right? In, in Shin Godzilla, you had that, those quick edits that were, um, they made you kind of stop for a second and and see the discombobulation mm-hmm. among the team and among these different levels of bureaucracy. Whereas here, I, I felt like the quick edits were showing the different perspectives of the team in a way that all the perspectives felt honored mm-hmm. and valued. So it was emphasizing that teamwork. Whereas in Shin Godzilla, the quick edits seemed to show the individuals among the team. So I don't know. There were some similarities, but it seemed like they were used in different ways. I don't know if you all would agree or disagree. It's with definitely that. a definitely a take I haven't thought about. I was so focused on how the camera just or the the shots tended to shift whenever something ironic or funny was said because uh, it works so well. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'd have to go. I really wish I had watched this movie uh, another time before we did this, and I really can't wait to watch it yeah. again. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but I what I it. got out of it was that I felt the shots here were were cut a lot quicker than Shin Godzilla, and I just attributed that to the mm. the witty dialogue in the uh, screenplay. Yeah. Mm. Now, I, I know you, Jack. You're a pretty avid Ultraman fan, and Michael, I believe you've watched quite a bit of the series too at this point, but probably a little less. A little less than, than Jack, Jack, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but for both of you, would you recommend Shin Ultraman as a good starting point for the series? Um, and what reservations overall would you have <laughs> about recommending it? Uh, Michael, let's start with you. I was going to say, I think yes and no, only because it feels like, it feels like it's the same spirit of Ultraman because it, 
the the thematics of ultra the thematics that we've seen in Ultraman like hope uh, 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 perseverance etc mm. like they're prevalent here like the whole theme of Shin Ultraman is hope like they pointed it out pretty clearly mm-hmm. at the end of the movie yeah uh, I can't remember what um, what the quote was but it came from um, uh, it came from uh, the researcher the the female a- the, the actress the um, the mm-hmm. researcher her name Asami. is escaping me but there was she made she summit yeah she has she made a quote about hope and that kind of encapsulated the movie nicely and uh i think that this is the shin ultraman tries to be so much ultraman at one point at, at, at all at once but it doesn't take the time to really pace mm-hmm. itself because you're going from 1966 Ultraman. It feels exactly like the show to this crime, like a more of a film noir crime drama in the middle act. And then it's a sort of, um, whodunit. And then like a hard sci-fi at the end. If you are a, if you were an Ultraman purist though, there's some things about this movie that's going to piss you off. I'm just going to be honest. Like, namely, I don't know if you guys, I don't know how spoilery you guys, I, I mean, I guess we can be spoilery. It's a review. But, you can spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 Zeton Zeton at the end being a being used as a uh, uh, like a, basically a mega weapon mm-hmm. uh, a mega space weapon um, but like Zeton being used in that way by the Ultras because in this movie like what we know what we know of the Ultras kind of gets turned on its head slightly where you know they're the giants of light they come from the land of light yada yada they've always been the Ultras have always been portrayed as this benevolent race who you know kumbaya and they have, they have to take care of everybody no they're in this movie they're a, a lot more you know i would say even isolationist like they're a lot more standoffish basically um I would even say that there's there's a level of fear to the ultras that you don't see with the normal sh- with the re- with the regular show because there's that line from uh, uh, Zafi where he says that uh, the human race is the human race is a young basically paraphrasing is a young version of us like they're on their way to becoming us but there's a lot of flaws with the human race that we need to try to snuff out before they get to that point because the human race can be you. And we learn this later on that like the human race can be easily manipulated basically as, as a, as a three, as 30 billion bioweapons essentially. Uh, and that's, that's very scary to the ultras. And I think there's a, there's just a lot of, there's that isolationist mentality to the ultras that we don't necessarily see with, with the main show. Like, cause it's, like I said, it's just very like kumbaya. The ultras protect everybody and everyone goes home, you know, everyone goes home happy, mm-hmm. but you don't see that here. And I think that's an aspect of the lore. That's really going to make people angry if they're walking in this movie, expecting it to be exactly like the Ultraman that they know and love. Yeah, that, that was something, Michael, that I think I even texted you about that I actually did have a I did have a problem with. It wasn't that Ultraman, like the the Land of Light was using it Zeton as a weapon. I just didn't like the execution of it. Um I like the idea of them doing it, but I just didn't like Zeton being essentially a machine a a lifeless machine in a lot of ways. So, What'd you think, so, Jack? As for the original question, I assume, is what you're you're asking me. Um, would I yeah. recommend Shin Ultraman as a good starting point? I mean, no, I wouldn't. To answer that original uh, question, sorry, Jack, but to answer that original question, I I don't think I would. Maybe to a casual fan, but someone who is interested in Tokusai, who who has a working knowledge of the series or. Um, tokusatsu in general or as a fan of it in general i probably wouldn't say start here because there's, there's going to be a lot of disappointing and confusing things about it but anyway no, sorry, no, no, it's fine i mean well. michael i i i mean you articulated that vernacular in such an outstanding way and i don't <laughs> well thank you good sir i i do i do quite appreciate it yes, quite. <laughs> <laughs> this is where i derail the whole thing with rito uh so i think <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, oh man! It, it in the end, it really depends on the person. You know, do I think the person mm-hmm. watching Shin Ultraman will think to themselves, "Wow, that's interesting," and I'm ready to explore more of it, knowing full and well that's going to be different? 
or am I going to show it to a person who is just, you know, kind of expecting more of the same? Uh, which sounds like a cop-out answer, but I think it's something I'm always careful about in that sense. I mean, I started I started uh, with Ultraman the Next, and that was not, at the time, not a very good representation of what Ultraman is at a, as a whole. Uh, I think it's a, a little closer these days, but at the time, it was very different. And... Me wanting to explore the franchise, I mean, I was hooked. After that, I went straight into Nexus and went into the original series. Sure. In terms of what the franchise represents as a whole, I don't think that would be the most adequate starting place for a new fan. Uh, Some of it is what Michael said. Um, another part of it is yeah. that I, I feel like there's a lot in it that is very Japanese. Again, this is sort of the Anno influence. We have, uh, you know, alien race after alien race trying to out technology and out bureaucrat uh, the Earth via Japan. And then at the end of the film, a, another alien race decides to aim a weapon of mass destruction at the earth they've unilaterally unilaterally made that decision it's very similar to shin godzilla where all these other countries um were looking at japan Mm -hmm. and trying to take Mm -hmm. over the situation for them and at the end of the film the u.s decides that they're just going to drop a weapon of mass destruction on godzilla on japanese soil and so and it's it's one of those things where I, I know there's a state of Japan that we as Westerners don't fully appreciate. And even having that context, you have to think, well, you know, it, the truth is really stranger than fiction. And what better way to honor truth right. than to make the fiction even stranger? And that's where we have Ultraman. <laughs> we, it, it, it's, you know, <laughs> instead of instead of the U.S. and other countries kind of picking on Japan, now we have a bunch of aliens and uh, the land of light picking on Earth. And, you know, it's a little less transparent. I'm not saying Shin Godzilla wasn't trying to be uh, uh, non-transparent. I guess that's a word. We can use it. Uh, But here, you know, they were... It was kind of the Rod Serling sort of mentality where Mm -hmm. Rod Serling used to say... Uh, you know, if I if I said in a screenplay that it was the Russians, they wouldn't air it. But if I say in a screenplay that it was aliens, then it was perfectly fine to put on TV. And here we have kind of I feel a same a similar uh, example with all the different aliens and monsters in in Shin Ultraman, which I think really fits the the genre because you know this whole kaiju genre mm-hmm. came about because. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about you know nuclear weapons and stuff was taboo, and it was just easier to assimilate uh, that that kind of storytelling through the guise of a giant monster. And yeah. and I think this movie is still very like Shin Godzilla, not as much, but like Shin Godzilla, still very focused on how Japan feels as a country, uh, how marginalized it feels. It must be nice to be a superpower, or what? What was the line? Um, um, it it must be nice to be a superior country, or something. In in reference, yeah, to the United States. yeah, something like that. So mm-hmm. I think, and and I I've never felt Ultraman was really about that. It's perfectly fine that these themes are uh, being you know put into the franchise. I think that's new, but mm-hmm. I also wouldn't mm-hmm. expect that in you know Ultraman Gaia. Ultraman Nexus, right? Uh, right? So just be, you know, it, it's we just need to be careful with expectations when showing someone who has some interest in the series. And while I don't think this is the best starting place, uh, I could see it being kind of a gateway drug, at least, to the franchise. Well, that's going to get us into something a little bit lighter, which uh, one of the questions that I saw Eric ask on Twitter uh, was which monster received the best redesign? Jack, 
What you got? Uh, I think Gabora did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think he, the, they really leaned into the whole drill aesthetic for that guy and it worked so well yeah, sure. i i, I kind of turned my nose up at it at first before i saw the movie but when i saw it in the movie i was like all right this works this is really nice <laughs> <laughs> it's so yeah. good it's it was so it was good. very creative and it's it is a, it's just such a nice surprise i mean it's not a surprise because you see it the by the preview material but when it does open up that drill. Yeah. It's so and, awesome. and like, you know, the mechanics of it all doesn't make any sense, but that's what I love about it. Like they, they actually, yeah. they really made use of the CG yeah. here yeah. and, and did something that they really couldn't have done with the suit. I really appreciated that. What's Ooh. really, what's really funny about all that. Cause there was that line in Shane Ultraman's like, it's so weird because his, his torso looks the same, but his head is different. <laughs> I was yeah. the only person who audibly laughed in the theater when they said that <laughs> because of the whole Baragon connection. It's so awesome. <laughs> and then I, and then I, and then I have, at, then I half expected them to make another comment. It's like, wait, that's not like the, that roar, but that's, that's Gabora. I thought that was another <laughs> monster. Cause they have the same roar. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a li- there's like small Easter eggs like that throughout sprinkled mm-hmm. throughout this movie. They're not, yeah. This mm-hmm. is not. I wouldn't say this is like a this movie is not like a a huge hit of nostalgia. Although there are those like very those nice little callbacks, but there's little things, little Easter eggs sprinkled throughout this whole yeah. movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. So like, I, yeah. I I mean I I could have taken the the basic answer and and went with the board. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But I'm going to go with Zareb because Uh, I'm going to go with Zareb because at first, yeah, Yeah. at first, yeah, exactly. It's exactly (laughs) it. I have a thing for trench coats. I don't know why. Um, But because you saw Jack wearing one. (laughs) (laughs) But I picked Zareb because at first I didn't like it because in this movie, Zareb is hollow. But the more, but the more I got to thinking about it, the more, the more enamored I got with that character because his, him being hollow is indicative of his character because he's, he makes empty promises. He's just a shell, you know, and it, and it, and it goes towards some of the, his character, his, his character development or his character thematic, whatever. Um, And that's why I picked Zareb. And I just like the fact that they um, made it, the same, but also different. Now I can't really speak too much for the design when it was, you know, fully blown up in CGI and it's CGI the most all the whole time. But when it like during the, the city fight, I can't speak to that because I have issues with the CGI in mm-hmm. this movie, but I'm going to go with Zareb, uh, because I'm not basic like, John. <laughs> <laughs> but more articulate. <laughs> I <like it. laughs> well, I, I'm, uh, go ahead, Eric. No, no, I was just, ahead, no, I was just, I'm, I'm not going to get into a pissing contest <laughs> with Jack. I'm not going to. Well, Michael, you, you didn't get in any pissing contest on MVM plus today. You did join us for MVM plus, but it, it, I mean, it was really, it did become uh monsters versus Michael <laughs> whenever we started talking about uh, Power <laughs> Rangers. True. So you kind of gave us the rundown on Power That's Rangers and, and used your expertise to give some, uh, good recommendations for my family because we had such a wide array of needs. So we appreciate those recommendations. Of course, those are at MVM Plus, where you can find that at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. Alex, yes. um, correct me if I'm wrong, but is are we still are we still running that special this month? Yeah. Still running that Black Friday special. Um, <laughs> oh, good, good. Uh, the Black lowest Friday tier in middle is, of January. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're pretty generous, yeah, man. We we've just extended it. We keep on extending it. What was that? Is it is it two dollars a two, month? It's two dollars a month uh, to get extra MVM Plus. Oh Five dollars if you want your episodes a week early. That is insane! Wow, I know it's incredible. What a what a deal! No one else is running Black Friday deals still. And here we the are. deals, the deals, no. the deals. <laughs> now, now, some people say that these are the same deals we had before Black Friday, but we disagree with that. <laughs> 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 All right, let's.
let's get into our awards. As always, oh, we have Lord. to get to our awards. So, uh, compelling character award, Jack. Who'd you have as your compelling character? Well, I'm going to have to uh, basic again. I think, and oh. <laughs> uh, I, my my uh, character award was Asami. Uh, it's her movie in my mind. She's she's the one that's given this very slow and important introduction, and she's the one we kind of go on this journey with to figure out the secrets of Ultraman. And you know, she she initiates a sort of mm-hmm. casual workplace friendship with the SSP after we saw them, you know, very professional and in action uh, before she entered the fray. And I kind of wish she her character kind of learned more out of the experience. I don't think she grew to a point where she could have in this movie, but I I did like uh, following her in in the journey to figuring out what the heck is going on. So, Asami, that's Michael. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, let's go. Okay, Michael. I mean, is it since I I, I agree with Jack? I, I wish that we had been able to watch this before we recorded <laughs> this because we're like we're almost a week removed now. We we gave um, you all days, okay? <laughs> well, I, I, I guess technically you gave me two days, but okay. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna. I'm we not gonna asked you two hours ago, Michael. Right. Why didn't you get ready? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Taki. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Taki as my most compelling character. Uh, just because he is an extremely just anxious person, but he's incredibly intelligent too. Um, and all of his, like he, he brings all of his nerdiness to work and I bring all of my nerdiness to work as well because I work from home, but that's just, <laughs> oh um, God! <laughs> uh, honestly, Alex, are you ready to edit this? Honestly, uh, okay, no, fine, I'm fine, fine. It no, it's no, it's fine. It's it's fine. It's fine. Um, I don't know. I, I'm gonna go with Taki just because he's the character that I remember the most being incredibly just drinking on the job. Just say you related to him the most drinking on the job. <laughs> well, that's true. I, d- I do. I drink on the job. If anyone from my work is listening to this, and I know they do. Um, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I promise I didn't take that client call after drinking a few. Um, I don't know a, a talkie because that's the that's the character that's coming to mind, and I don't want to be basic and just say Ultraman. Well, that's a good pick. <laughs> and I like talkies. There we go. I like talkies. So, so there you go. The, that, there's, there's the, the connection. connection. That's all Michael needs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what about <laughs> Jesus? <laughs> uh, are we still on compelling characters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be, all you, right. you need to transition what, us to most memorable line Yeah, what about your most memorable line award? Oh, that's easy. Oh, that, that's super easy. Super easy. The most memorable line is, of course, my favorite saying. The most memorable line. That is... That is oh. oh. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did love that. That was good. Just only because it got memed to death after the movie was shown off, so... Yeah, exactly. That is my favorite saying. All right, Jack. Did you go deeper? What? There's just so. (laughs) Sorry. As Jack rifles through his, as Jack would, as Jack rifles through trying to remember lines from the movie. Right. No, 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 he 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 deletes that what he just said, (laughs) and now he's. (laughs) It it was hard because there's just so much gold in this movie, as especially in like the humor in it, and I. I can't I have a hard time trying to like you Alex you mentioned one line uh every part of their or was it Michael every part of their bodies was about the same except the head and the back <laughs> I was like, I, was, uh, but I yeah. can't I don't know it's either that's the yeah, story, Jack my favorite saying uh my favorite saying <laughs> I really liked early on <laughs> quick cut to the guy who goes oh have the U.S. military build a ministry of defense not us it just came out of nowhere. Like it was like they're in the middle of this crisis, right? 
And and he had to make mm-hmm. a quick note. Hey, by the way, in terms of financials, could you make sure that we don't get the bill for that? I don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. that, 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 that was when they were, <laughs> That was after they drop all those bombs on Gabora while no, drilling. Was, and then they run out. They say that they're out. And he's like, oh, yeah, can you, can you build yes, evidence? Yes, <laughs> It's going to be six months. Before, yeah, that's another good line. Um, and I guess it's either that, but the, 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 the runner-up would have to be uh, when they asked uh, Zareb, uh, you know, why do you want to make uh, friends with our country? And he just responds, it is where I landed. That is all. <laughs> 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 and they were like, oh, why do okay. all always monsters just only show up in, in Japan, Japan? Right. In Japan, like, and, and how they mentioned how, uh, well, all the monsters only show up in Japan, so all the other countries don't care what happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so funny. <laughs> um, Jack, sticking with you, what about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Uh, I'll go with, uh, yeah, Ultraman, Takomi uh, Saito. He, uh, it, which really seems like. Mm-hmm. A boring answer, but because he because he doesn't offer a lot of range in this entire movie, but that's partially why I like him. Like you know, in in the pictures mm-hmm. and in the trailers and and all the behind the scenes stuff, he seemed like one of your standard, you know, Ultraman boy band actors, right? Like I I thought he was going to be sort of this lighthearted, yeah. somewhat oblivious character, like a lot of the latter Ultraman are. So when he came mm-hmm. off as this very smile, yeah, smile oh, when he when he came oh, off geez. as. <laughs> this very alien presence trying to get accustomed to our world. I was really surprised. I didn't expect that from him. I wish I could read a book that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. I, I did. I did like that. He was almost a callback to what was it Hayata from the original Shinji. where he's just, he's almost <laughs> a blank slate. Yeah. 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 I didn't think about that. Michael, what about you? I'm going to, I'm going to go with Mephilus. Mephilus is my Mephilus is my is my best acting award. The alien? The alien, yeah. The alien. <laughs> Mephilus. I mean, we didn't know. So just the alien, not the actor. No, no just actor. just the, just totally the alien because you know he was able to talk out his feelings and and work it out with Ultraman in a very civil fashion. Ooh. Uh, basically just turn tail and run. You know, that's, that's, I'm behind Michael on this. I like that. There we go. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like I just, I do in all seriousness, I do like Matt. I do like a, I do like a villain who you almost sympathize with. And I think you got that with Mephilus. Uh, because he was an incredibly likable character, but he, you know, that he could, end you in the blink of an eye. Uh, and he's not supposed to be there. In fact, he admitted to, you know, using the monsters like Gaborah and others to experiment, basically testing the earth's defense system and luring Ultraman which out, I, which I thought was, clever. I don't buy this, this part of the story, by the way, but go, pr- please, well, proceed, I mean, please proceed. I, I, I'll go with, I can no, I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be done here. And I'm going to be done here in a second and just, and just say alien Mephilus, just because I like a villain who, you can almost sympathize with and actually like mm. just because uh, wait, I did like, I, I did like his character, but his whole thing about luring Ultraman out. I'm like, that's such BS. You did not want Ultraman or yeah. I want conflict. Not. Yeah. If it, why wouldn't he just do it under the radar so he could take over? Well, if you want conflict, this is not the movie for you because the, uh, the Japanese uh, officials just give up. <laughs> And I think that's I think that's part of the I think that's part of the comment I think that's part of the commentary that they were going for is how easily manipulated. Well, no, it's not that. It's the like, Japanese yeah. government. Why is he seeking out a fight with Ultraman? I wanted to draw him out. He could have taken over that planet without Ultraman ever knowing, right? Maybe he's just a sadist. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm nitpicking. I know I am, <laughs> but I can't help it. I know that's what you do. It's what you do. I hate you, Michael. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I love you, Alex. Come over here. Come over here and let me grab your butt. All right. All right. Uh, I think we should just go ahead and move on to our own. <laughs> should we? I don't know. I think we should. I think we should sit on that for a bit. I think we should. Un- I, I think. We, I think we should unpack that just a little bit more. Oh god. Um. <laughs> 
we're we're sorry, guys. I'm I'm at least uh, no, sorry. no. It's good stuff. Absolutely good stuff. not sorry. Not in the little. Not in the least. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what about your? Oh, that's a good shot award, everybody. Michael, let's hear it. The over the the over the shoulder shot when Zafi comes to Earth. Mm. The, the over the oh. shoulder blurry shot because that is that is the that is the best shot in that entire sequence. Because the CGI in this movie looks unfinished. And that is all I will say. It just looks so incredibly unfinished. Mm. And that is the best shot in mm. that entire like just scene. Yeah. That's a good one, mm. actually. Because it's a it's a very one. it's yeah. very kind of like yeah. uh I don't know. It's almost like a scary sort of oh yeah. whoa, what's that like there's a ghost back there or something. It's yeah. foreboding. Yeah, it's good. Because because Mephilus sees Zafi, but Ultraman doesn't see Zafi, and Mephilus huh. is like, "Well, I guess I will." <laughs> yeah, <right now." laughs> which you know right there, okay, something's up because if he if he just looked at Zafi and was like, mm, "I'm gonna bounce," you knew something was was about to go down. So that was mm-hmm. yeah, that is a good shot. I like that, Michael. Um, <sighs> thank you, Jack. Ultraman. Uh, Ultraman's hand clenching Kami, uh, Naga in his fist when he transformed. Oh, yeah. oh God, yeah. absolutely. There's so th- cool. you know there's a similar so cool. shot Higuchi did in Gamera three mm. where the silhouette of Gamera's hand kind of like grabs Ayana kind of out of her out of her dream state. Yeah, and so the fact he brought that back as uh, a character transforming is just so cool. I I just. I love shots to combine like a giant creature or whatever with like the human character in an almost mythical way. It, it was just a painting. It was so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you, either of you have any unique awards that you wanted to give to this? Yeah. Film? Uh, this movie Jack? gets the best use of the USS enterprise in a non star Trek movie award. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. It got so many close ups at so many angles that there was not a scene in the SSP office that we didn't get a shot of Taki's Enterprise model. And I, I started wondering where he got it. <laughs> it's practically another character. That's it. That's my character award. <laughs> the USS Enterprise sitting on Taki's uh, shelf behind him. That That's that's my character. <laughs> Michael? Uh, I was not prepared for this one. Um, you know, Why are we not surprised? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go. Hang on. Hang trench on, coat. Uh, hang on, trench hang on, coat. Hang on. Trench coat. Trench coat. <laughs> the um, what the hell was that award with giant? Uh, what was her name? With giant Asami. There we go. I uh, thought for sure, Michael, you would say when Ultraman is out of control during the Zaban fight, or he's like flipping in the air as he's flying. And he just does that. He stays. In the oh same no no position. no! There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. See, I'm gonna steal that one. I'm gonna steal that one. It, there you go. Thank you, Alex, for for reminding me because that was already in the back of my mind. Thank you for just drawing it out. Of um, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with the uh, uh, the I I I can't believe that happened award and the flipping Ultraman <laughs> and, and the spin kick. There we go. I just oh the spin kick's good, good but good. <clears throat> when he's in the city and he keeps gliding and the same he he doesn't change. His pose at all yeah. <laughs> to avoid it. So yeah, he flies in between the it. buildings. It's so funny. It's so stiff. It is, but it's, but it's appropriate. It's it's stiff, but it's appropriate. Like I don't know. Maybe maybe you got. Was that a practical? Was that a practical when he was flying and he's doing the Ultraman fly pose? Was that a pra- not in the city? I know that's CGI, but in other times when he's flying straight up in the air. Was that a practical or was that CGI? It's probably C- I, is anything in this practical. I think all of it was CGI. <laughs> the the only practical okay. I saw is when Asami like elbowed uh, the building and like oh, the yeah. interior of the building with all the uh, the mm-hmm. desks and stuff. That was miniature. Yeah. Oh, that was a good shot too. She yeah. used that one. Yeah, it was. The part that I wondered if there was some practical element to it was the the time hole mm. piece because again it, you had that uh, stiff yeah. ultraman and it seems like they were just kind of like shaking this ultraman figure around <laughs> while the the background was definitely cgi but the but the ultraman itself looks so much like a figure it was 
I started to doubt myself. I didn't know if it was like they CGI put the, or practical. Like they put like a flying Ultraman figure in front of a, a, fan, a giant fan. It was just, <laughs> it was just glowing kind of, yeah. everywhere. It worked. <laughs> yes, but it worked. It, that's what it, exactly what it yeah. looked like. And it made me doubt myself. I was like, is this CGI or practical? Which tells you a little bit about how they approach their CGI. I think in this film, which is why I kind of disagree a little bit with what you were mm-hmm. saying, Michael, mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah, I, I do think there are some unpolished elements to the CGI, but and, and I think it's very noticeable in the trailer when you're just watching it in isolation. But it's a credit to this film that I kind of, for me at least, I forgot about it as the film goes on, and as even despite some of these ridiculous scenes. I don't think about the CGI near as much as I should. And as I would in a film that was just felt like a green screen. I will say, I will say I thought, which weirdly enough, I did think about the CGI less in this film than I did with even Shin Godzilla, Hmm. because I feel I don't necessarily Hmm. like the CGI in Shin Godzilla, uh, specifically with its first two forms that come up on land. Like this, I don't like, I I just don't think the CGI looks good in those, in those shots, it gets better later on. But like, I didn't think about the CGI going into this movie only because I think maybe mainly because, uh, I think I knew what I was getting myself. Like I knew what I was getting. Like I knew that I wasn't going to get practical effects for this. Mm. And I know that not the, not trying to be insulting, but you know, Japanese CGI is a little bit behind what America does in, in its production, in its, uh, production houses. So, um, so to to kind of round this out, I'd like to get your all's final thoughts and tiered rating. Uh, I was I was gonna joke with you, Jack. I don't I don't think you've listened to our show in a couple years now, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently we I haven't either our, we because I totally <laughs> did not see the uh, this these other two segments coming. But okay, <laughs> oh, you're good. The uh, tiered rating is you can either have a Godzilla tier a gamma tier or gabra tier oh. so i'm curious what's your all's final thoughts on the film and is it a godzilla gamma or gabra tier film okay jack all right i'd like to start uh, with you and for the record <laughs> i have been listening to the episodes where you're doing oh, there that there we go i just didn't listen to the episode where you started doing this so i'm a little confused uh so <laughs> i guess uh go. given given the choices i'm going to give it a gamma uh, you know, it's it's a fun movie. It doesn't yeah. get as close to sort of reinventing the wheel like, you know, Shin Godzilla or the Gamera trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. it is a little stuck in the past with some of its fan service and, and to get away with that. But it has a likable cast. It's really, really funny. I, I have to praise Ano for the dialogue and some of his usual thematic stuff going mm-hmm. on. So, no, I, I think it's a fun little movie. And uh, I'm, I'm, I am looking forward to seeing it again. You heard that Jack said it's a fun little movie. (laughs) You can (laughs) put that on the uh, Blu-ray box, please. We'll. uh... (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna agree with Jack and say this is Gamera level. This is Gamera tier. Um, It is a fun little movie, uh, but I don't think I don't think the fan service was used atrociously because we've seen what atrocious fan service looks like. And this was done, I think, to it was done in the right amount. Like, yes, the you had Shin Gomez in the first. Oh yeah, uh, all the all the all the ultra Q. <laughs> I should have just picked Shin Gomez for an award. Dag on it. Um, <laughs> my Shin Gomez award. Um, but um, I don't. I I don't. I think saying that this movie stuck in the past is unfair. Honestly. I think that yes, there are nods to the uh, there are nods to the original show, but it uses all of that stuff appropriately, but also puts new a new spin, uh, no pun intended, <laughs> on some of those old on some of those old uh, tropes from the show. Like for ex- like for example, you guys talked about Gaborah. Like it's not just this boring subterranean monster. Like it actually does new things. Like it's a new spin on the character. Also, uh, like, like we talked about earlier, the ultras not being this benevolent, you know, race that's just kumbaya and loves everybody. That's a new spin. I like that. 
uh, Zeton not being a Sajin and just being this weapon of mass destruction. I like that too. I think that this movie doesn't take a lot of risks though. And I would have liked to have seen it take a lot more risks, especially, uh, you know, since Ultraman is, you know, by far more popular in Japan than Godzilla. And this movie was obviously made for the Japanese market that I feel like, you know, you're getting a lot of the same old, same old with this movie, but it just looks prettier. Like I have my gripes with the special effects. Yes, but everything does look good in this movie. And I was on, and I, there was not a moment in this movie where I was not invested in it. Is it a perfect movie? No. Is it Godzilla tier? No, but I will revisit this movie at some points, but I will revisit this movie as soon as it comes out on home video. And I will be recommending this movie uh, to somebody to watch um, that is that doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily a fan of tokusatsu or or even Japanese media, but just loves a solid story and uh, good action and just okay CGI or okay special effects. Because I think there's a lot here. I think there's a lot here that people, even if you're not familiar with the Ultraman lore you can latch on to and still enjoy. I don't think you have to know, you know, books upon books and upon books of, of Ultraman lore to enjoy this movie. I'm sure that there are a lot of people yeah. in that theater. There was about 30 of us when, when I watched this film. Um, There's about 30 of us in that really small regal theater where I live that I'm sure not everyone in that, not everyone in that theater has, you know, hosted multiple podcasts, talked about this stuff for several years, <laughs> is entrenched in Japanese media like we all are. Uh, but it, they seem to, they all seem to really enjoy it. There was, there was, uh, there was yeah. no one in that theater that I thought uh, didn't enjoy themselves. That even, then they even cheered at some nice. point. So um, I had a lot of fun with it. It's not a perfect movie. I, Ultraman is not my favorite franchise, honestly. And, but I, but I love the effort that Ano and Higuchi put into this movie, and I'm looking forward to more projects by them. So it is Gamera tier for me. I'm still thinking about the the quote that they'll put on the Shin Ultraman box. Um, a nice <laughs> little movie, G Man from Twitter <laughs> and Michael and Michael. So it actually, here, I want I want uh, I want you know it's and a fun Michael. little movie, G Man. It's a fun little movie, Michael. Both on the <laughs> on the front of the box. <laughs> <laughs> on you okay so jack on the so jack, so jack because i respect your work so much um and and you wrote and in all seriousness you wrote a phenomenal review for this movie for kaiju ramen um i'm going to allow your quote to be on the oh, front of the disc ooh, okay the there back. we go well we just want to really make sure that's a fun wow, little movie that's awesome <laughs> hey i didn't know that you did that yeah i didn't Is i, didn't it, know I don't even know that, if it's up yet jack, that's cool it's really cool. It's not a, no, it's not up yet. It okay, should be cool. up this week. Uh, I'll send you. I'll send you guys a link whenever it's done. But uh, Brandon texted me yesterday and said and said it would be up later this week. Which awesome. That, that's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, which leads into our last part here. I, I'm curious, where can people find you online? What's in store for you this upcoming year? What creative projects are in your near future? We just heard about one. Uh, but Michael, why don't you start us off? Uh, we did. We haven't heard. Well, how much time yet. do you have? Um, <laughs> All right, sixty seconds. Go. <laughs> Shameless self promotion. Um, <laughs> it is one of my spiritual gifts. Jack. It, um, you're channeling too much of Nathan. So right you. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know he's going to listen to this show. Hi, Nathan. How are you doing? Um, so. Uh, if you if you if you you can find me on uh, the Power Trip podcast with my co-host Nathan Marchand, we've been we spent the entire 2022 of going through and analyzing the Power Rangers franchise season by season, uh, talking about them in broad strokes, and even diving into some of the thematics uh, of that franchise, and and really trying to take that franchise seriously. And I think that's part of the success of the show. Um, if I'm allowed to humble brag a little bit, is that we have. Um, you know, I guess, um, not, we have, we, we have clarified that this is, it is not just a campy kid show. Um, also you can find some of the work that I'm involved in, all involved in with uh, kaijuramamedia.com. That is our fan magazine started by myself and, um, 
uh, uh, Travis Alexander. And we're like I said, I think I said this during this show, uh, but I definitely said it during uh, MVM Plus, where we're going to be at All Monsters Attack in Chicago this uh, this summer. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna have a table there. So if you're there, please stop by and say hello. Uh, we're gonna be selling books and just interacting with all the readers and just hopefully having a good time with everybody. And we're gonna hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, be on a content creators panel at G Fest Ooh. this year as well. And, and I think um, uh, Nathan and I are trying to get G, the the showrunners for G Fest to allow us to do a panel at G Fest. Um, to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Power Rangers this year as well. Uh, and speaking of Power Rangers, I think we talked about this on my show on the Power Trip, but uh, we're going to be writing a book this year, uh, a nonfiction book that uh, goes through the franchise and mainly talks about its thematics because we've realized that um, there's a lot of fans out there that feel the same way we do. Uh, that love the Power Rangers franchise and appreciate it, not just for its action, but also for what it, you know, for what it is meant to, to us and as fans and, and to pop culture. So we're going to be writing that book throughout this year. Hopefully we will get a Kickstarter up around the 30th anniversary sometime in August where people can support that project. Uh, we're already talking to a cover artist. We've not got a title nailed down yet, but um, if anyone has any ideas, I have let some us, ideas let us for you, Michael, already. But I'm yeah, that's about it. But <laughs> definitely, we're going to be a. It's it's we're, it's definitely going to be a fun project. And honestly, speaking personally, it's just my love letter to a franchise that I grew up with and I deeply appreciate. So, Jack, awesome, I've talked way You're too much. Fine. Go for it. I just want. I do want to <laughs> preface uh, beforehand. I, I'm really looking forward to that Power Rangers book. Uh, that you're you're playing on writing that that's been kind of in the back of my head, being like, "Ooh, giddy! I can't wait because there, there's so little material out there." That's not exactly <laughs> what you texted me. What you texted me was way raunchier than that. But okay, uh, I won't I won't read that. It's out not MVM Plus. We can't say that right now. So it's that's true. That's true. Uh, so you can find me on the Drift Space podcast with um, my co-hosts, uh, my sister Rebecca Hudgens, uh, my best friend Jar Villers, and occasionally. David May uh, on any of the usual pod catchers, uh, iTunes, Spotify, etc. And we're also on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Drift Space. Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at Gman and Mysterioid, where apparently I'm still uh, pissing off people. Thank you, Alex, Eric, for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you didn't know. <laughs> I, I never check, a.k.a. I check at night just to get myself to sleep. <laughs> so I can sleep better at night. Uh, I'm rage. I get a deeper sleep. Uh, the rage. Excellent. There are people crying. I can now get to my REM sleep. Uh, and uh, you, can fo- <laughs> you can follow me on my sub stack, Deferential Wrath of a Rusting Markalite Cannon, which at this point is basically just getting – uh, the rejected Kaiju Ramen articles, uh, which Ooh. I'm. <laughs> it's it's, it's well, to be fair though, there's not that many thank rejected you. ones. Uh, I do it, I do have more stuff in the pipe work for Kaiju Ramen coming up. Uh, I've been talking to Michael and Travis a little bit about that, and uh, so I hope to record more with the Drift Space and write more articles for uh, my favorite. Kaiju magazine. Okay, this is. I'm assuming this is off cast. Are we, are you guys doing still doing the rhyme thing? Oh yeah, next it's episode here. For this? It's, it's always here. Okay. What is the next episode, Eric? We haven't discussed it, so we don't know. <laughs> I don't think. Oh. Yeah, that's why I took it off. Uh, but it's gonna be something that's about zombies. So if you can write something with zombie, it. there you go. Okay. Okay. Do you can do it? Maybe. You're out of time. <laughs> Oh, I'm just, like you want me to do it now? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Now? I'm ready for more oh. zombies. I hope it's as good as Barbie. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Hey, I oh, am yeah. interested in the Barbie movie. I'm that going. Absolutely. <laughs> as always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com. You can follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at nvm underscore pod. Become a bargain basement at patreon.com forward slash nvmpod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And 
if you join today, you get that special <laughs> Black Friday discount. <laughs> Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornett. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, Kabba Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram Connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, Alex, don't... I love zombies almost, almost as much as Lamy. It's... Oh, that's all. Well, there you go. <laughs> wow. There you go. You've, you've done it. Uh, and so uh, until next week, don't forget to slap yourself on the butt if you don't have someone there to do it for you. <laughs> try to, try stay, to stay alive. alive. CC gave me such a weird look when I said that. <laughs> Twerk it, twerk it while you work it. I love it. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs>